You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nick from Fifth Quarter ACC. Nick, we are going to be talking some ACC football today, Um, not in much of a 2022 preview. We're going to talk the NFL draft. Um, We're also going to, at least on my sake and maybe your sake as well, We will get to voice our opinion on the current state of college athletics, but more specifically because it seems most commonly being shown in the football realm uh, with the transfer portal and NIL and so on and so forth. But before we get into that, Nick, how are we doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm uh, very, very exhausted. I'm tired. Um, We decided at the deli to keep our hours longer this past Sunday till last night till eight o'clock. We normally close at uh, four. And so I have been working uh, 10 to 11 hour shifts every day since actually last week, last week we just had busy days and I couldn't get out of there. Uh, I'm tired, man, but you know, I'm not complaining about the money that I'm getting. So I, I, anyone, everyone could use a little bit of money, but man, the way kids have been great to us. So can't complain. Uh, but I'm tired. I'm excited to talk about the football though. I mean, we had the NFL draft, like you said, uh, I'm very interested in this topic that we're going to talk about for, uh, the NIL deals and everything. But other than that, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Um, how are you, man? You know, just just living the dream. Busy. It's my favorite time of the year. It's playoff hockey. I'm sorry, but playoff hockey is the best one sport focus event in life. It's better than March Madness. It's better than college football bowl season. And that's coming from a guy who's college football. His entire life is college football. Playoff hockey is just something else. There is it is just so much fun. So I'm I'm enjoying that, but. You know, life is just busy like always. So, you know, anyways, I'm good. I am good. I'm a little bummed. Obviously, we talked baseball last week. Virginia lost the series with Virginia Tech this weekend. But um, it actually almost played out well, according to D1 Baseball. We've got five or six, five or six teams hosting regionals based off their bracketology currently and eight teams in the tournament. So, uh Definitely not complaining on that front. Virginia is still scheduled to host, which is nice. Um, so that helps as well. But, uh, yeah, no, that's kind of my, uh, I guess, summary of how I'm doing. So with that being said, um, Nick, do we just want to dive right into it? Yeah, let's go for it. I'm ready. All right. Well, before we get too deep into it, Nick and I deserve the right. So first off, I will congratulate Nick. Congratulate NC State as well on being the institution in the ACC to have their name called with the player first in this year's NFL draft. So congratulations, NC State. I have a coworker who is a diehard Carolina Panthers fan, and I told him that he should be very happy with their pick because I can never say something right. Ikimi Aquanu, Iki, Iki, whatever. Aquanu from NC State 
you know, honestly, fantastic pick. And the Panthers needed an offensive lineman. Um, I'm sure NC State fans that carry over to the Carolina Blue just for the NFL season, I'm sure appreciate this much more than most do. Um, but I also just want to brag as well that while you, of course, got the first overall pick in the ACC, which means you got the first overall pick over your rival, North Carolina, as well. Virginia was the same way. We had a pick before Virginia Tech did. Now, Virginia Tech had more picks, but Virginia didn't have as many guys kind of enter the draft this year either on that front. So, um, you know, definitely not a bad draft for the ACC. Um, so instead of deep diving, you know, obviously or, or mentioning every pick, I guess, Nick, is there a player that stood out to you that maybe was drafted too high, too low, um, or maybe there's just a, a player that, you know, you were like, wow, that's a fantastic pick for said team. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm happy with Kenny Pickett. I'm happy that he went to the Steelers. I kind of thought that he would go first round. So I think that was a great pick for the Steelers. I mean, it's like a hometown pick too. So that's just great. Uh, I think things worked out really well for the Steelers and Kenny Pickett. Um, man, dude, I did not expect Sam Howe to fall that much to round five. And he got picked by the Washington Commanders. Um, I mean, okay, some people know I run fifth quarter NC State. And I was, I, I still don't think... Uh, fifth quarter North Carolina gets that I'm trolling him. He actually takes all my trolls very seriously. Um, I do know that Carolina got four picks and they won the ACC in that uh, or led the ACC in that, but it was a little surprising. I didn't expect Sam to fall that far. Um, and I don't think he fell far because of his last year. What I'm trying to say is he, his his senior year was not his fault. Okay, that Carolina team had so many so many expectations going into the season and was completely overhyped. And uh, Sam had to do a lot himself. So he had a lot more weapons his junior year, and a lot of them left right after that Orange Bowl. So I think that the Commanders got a great pick in Sam Howell. I think Sam will do well in the NFL. I mean. No one really thought the commanders would get a quarterback in this draft um, because they just signed Carson Wentz to two years and they still have Taylor Heineke. But when Sam Howell is right there at, in round five, you might as well just take him. I mean, Carson Wentz is no guarantee and Taylor Heineke, he's sporadic. So you might as well just give it a shot and get Sam Howell at round five. So kind of disappointing. If you're a Carolina fan, you, you should be a little disappointed that a lot of teams uh, thought that his senior year was not as good. And it, it wasn't, but a lot of that had to do with the team he was surrounded by. So I don't think it was his fault. I really do believe that Washington got a great quarterback. So there you go, FQ North Carolina. Not being uh, biased here. The commanders got a great pick in round five. Other than that, um, I think the other shocking thing was shocking, but not shocking. Like you kind of, you didn't expect it until you saw it. Clemson only had two picks. They only had two guys get drafted, which is the lowest in a pretty long time. Um, 
And when you look at it, you're like, you know what? That actually makes sense. They didn't have like that highlight guy. They didn't have like a bunch of first rounders like they did with the Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson eras, uh, like getting three guys in the first round or whatever. Uh, but once you saw it and you thought about it, you were like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Clemson had a down year. They didn't really have a standout player this year. Um, so that's kind of might, might be shocking to a lot of ACC fans. But other than that, I think the winners are NC State getting a first round pick in the top 10. And I guess Carolina because they led the ACC in picks. So, yeah. So, first thing that stood out to me that I just want to give props to the ACC. I don't think I would have expected that a majority of our draft picks would have been offensive linemen. I mean, you think about the first two picks out of the ACC were offensive linemen. We had right. offensive linemen from four, and that's the same school, five, from five different schools get drafted. That's pretty impressive. I mean, that's definitely something of note. You know, I think that's really good for the universities as a whole. Um, you know, this might be a hot take, but I don't really care. I think that Sam Howell is going to be a better pro quarterback than Kenny Pickett. I do. I mean, I think Kenny Pickett's really good, but I mean, I am, I'm honestly shocked that Kenny Pickett got drafted in the first round. Uh, and I'm going to be completely frank. I don't, I don't think he was the best quarterback on the board. Um, you know, it makes sense that he's going to Pittsburgh and I hope I'm wrong. I really do because he has the tools to do it, but you know, I mean, no one thought Kenny Pickett was all that special until last season. And obviously what he did last season was special. But we'll, we'll be talking about his uh, weapon of choice here in a little bit. But, you know, how much of that was Jordan Addison? How much of that was Mark Whipple? How much was that the ACC just not being the ACC? I mean, for God's sakes, like, I understand that, you know, we had a great year. But can you name an ACC coastal defense this year that you look at and go, holy crap, that's an incredible defense? No. <laughs> so, you know. I don't, I feel like overall the reach for Kenny Pickett or Sam Howell, in my opinion, fell too far. Like the commanders got a fantastic pickup for like get Howell in the fifth round. That's an incredibly good pick. Um, I also thought that Ty Chandler from North Carolina was a great pick for the Vikings in the fifth round. So, you know, I think overall it was a pretty solid draft for the ACC. Uh, shout out to, for the brand, Trenton Gill from NC State, the punter. Going near the end there for the Bears. Got to love that. Oh, yeah. Probably get a lot of work in Chicago, so good for him. Hopefully he gets a chance to see the field a lot, as I'm sure he will. Um, but, you know, it was overall nothing crazy. It, it really wasn't anything crazy on the ACC front. You ask me, I think next year should be a year for the ACC. I really do. I mean, I don't know if you saw mock drafts, the way too early mock drafts for next year, but I've seen DJ Uli Ungolai in the top 10, which first off, what? Yeah. But second off, like if he's going top 10, then that means I would assume a Brent Armstrong, a Sam Hartman, a Devin Leary, all have shots to go at least at some point in the draft, not saying the first round um, by that standard, but like, you know, those are, those are guys that could get drafted as well. And there's more, I mean, I'm not, I mean, that's just like the bare bones of it. You know, there's going to be, this is an RN. Um, I'm very happy for Justin Ross. Everyone was talking about how he didn't get drafted. It's better to go undrafted and get to pick the team that's going to work best for you than go in the seventh round 
you know, near the end of the draft. So I think the Chiefs got a low-key great pickup. I hope everything about his health is you know, going to be better and able to play because, I mean, he is one of those players with maybe a good segue over in the NIL here in a minute, you know, who could have really benefited from NIL. Because he may not pan out much in the pros, unfortunately, because of all the injuries and things he's, he's suffered. But if he had a chance to be an NIL athlete his first two years at Clemson, that man would have been able to set his family up for life. So, you know, it is one of those things where it is definitely, definitely something of note. But, I mean, that's all I've got on the draft, Nick. Is there anything else you want to add? Because I, I personally want to take this conversation more to just the, the future of ACC specifically, but college football in general. Yeah. Um, one or two more things I'd like to add. Uh, I think a lot of state fans, including myself, were a little surprised that Bam Knight was uh, was signed as an undrafted free agent. Um, so I think whoever got, I think it was the Jets, the Jets uh, signed him. Uh, I was shocked. Uh, he, he was one of the best uh, running backs in the conference for sure. Uh, he got us out of a lot of trouble with his run game and I mean, returning kickoffs and punts and everything. Bam was the, the beat of our offense if it wasn't Devin Leary. So I was a little shocked, but I think he will do well. I hope he becomes like a Jacoby Myers where Jacoby was not signed or was not drafted signed as an undrafted free agent with the Pats. And now he's like their go-to he is Mr. Everything. Uh, He can throw, he can run. Uh, he finally had his first touchdown reception and I don't know, no, his first one like late last season. So you never know. I think Bam Knight can end up like a Jacoby Myers. Um, and like the mock draft thing, I'll add to that too. I saw something similar, uh, having DJ like top four, uh, Tyler Van Dyke in the top, in the first round, uh, Phil Jakovic in the first round, um, didn't see Sam, didn't see Devin, saw a lot of SEC quarterbacks too, uh, like Will Levis and uh, Bryce Young and all those other guys. Um, but I agree with you. I think next year, to me, I thought this year was a down year. And I think really had to do with Clemson not getting as many picks or Florida State as well. But I agree 100% with you, Micah, that I think next year, is uh, going to be a big-time draft for the ACC. Quarterbacks, offensive line, we produce great offensive linemen year in and year out, running backs. Um, it will be a very fun draft next year. A lot of ACC players will go, for sure, and a lot of quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the thing. I mean, it's definitely a disappointing draft if you look at it overall for the ACC. I think we finished, what, fourth out of the Power Five conferences and draft picks, so not ideal. But, you know, at the end of the day, this, I mean, again, it translates over to what we saw last year in the ACC. I don't think any of us are going to run from the fact the ACC was not at its normal capacity. It was a hell of a lot of fun to watch last year, but it wasn't like it was some astronomically good league. So seeing that, and again, there's a lot of guys that, you know, decided to come back. And I think that plays a role into it too. So that's definitely got to be factored into it. So, um, but that's all I've got. I think it's time to talk the future of the ACC, Nick. So I don't know what everyone's been seeing. Nick, I don't know how much you've been following. 
But it is slowly but surely starting to creep to where the SEC and the Big Ten are kind of running away with being the top Power Five conferences. And then the ACC, Pac-12, Big 12 are kind of lagging behind. And to be honest, um, again, do I think that the ACC will lose teams like Florida State and Clemson? Probably not. But the way things are going and how the money is shifting, I don't know if you saw, Nick, the Big Ten's about to be getting a check for their TV contract. Um, There are many networks, you know, bidding on it right now. Swaffer did a terrible job of our TV deal. The AC network was an absolute waste and failure of money. I mean, goodness gracious, a swing and a mess by the ACC there. Not, not as bad as the Pac-12 network, but definitely not as good considering, or definitely not great, especially considering that the ACC network was the last of the major conferences to launch. Like I would argue the Big 12s now on ESPN Plus might be better because at least it's on ESPN Plus. So it's, it was kind of meant to be more tailored towards Big 12 fans. If you get ESPN Plus, you can access it, and you don't have to worry about your cable provider having it. So, you know, it is something where I think the ACC Network really dropped the ball uh, on everything there. So when it comes to the future of college football and college athletics in general, the ACC might be in trouble. And we're kind of seeing it firsthand with what's going on with Jordan Addison. So obviously for listeners that don't know, Jordan Addison is in the transfer portal currently. uh, And there are big talks that USC is dropping a bag and a half to get him to come out to Southern California and play uh, for Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley, and that that crew. Nick, before I even go into my opinion, what, what are your thoughts on just that alone? Knowing that, you know, there is a chance that, again, Jordan Addison has not committed to USC as of, today, which is a Thursday night, May 5th at 5.44 p.m. on the Central Time, so 6.44 Eastern. You know, Jordan Addison is still just in the portal. So technically, he could go back to Pitt. He could go somewhere else besides USC. But, I mean, it obviously is pointing towards USC right now. So, Nick, what are, what are your thoughts on that and just kind of the portal in general at this point? All right, so – the, let me start off with the portal. So the portal, I think, with NIL deals and the portal and just everything in that nature, was a great idea. I have always believed that athletes should be paid based on their name, image, and likeness. I hate how the NCAA interfered with their personal lives. I hated how Chase Young... Uh, had to be suspended a game because he accepted money to fly his family to one of the bowl games or the big 10 championship or something like that. Um, who else? Oh, uh, your guy, Kyle guy from UVA basketball a few years ago, uh, was forced to give back honeymoon or no wedding gifts. Cause he was getting married after the season. And the NCAA said, no, you can't accept gifts when It's literally for his wedding. Like the dude was getting married. The NCAA, they're a bunch of, you know, creeps. I mean, everyone knows how I feel about the NCAA and how they have screwed NC State sports over and over again. But with the NIL deals and with the transfer portal, it was a great idea and I'm with it. 
but we are starting to see some backlash with coaches and how it's unorganized and how players can just go wherever they want to go based on money. And it does screw over a lot of these coaches and a lot of these programs. Now I'm not defending coaches. Coaches can just pick up and leave and maybe players should be able to as well, but there's maybe there should be some contracts um, enabled. You know, I think like with the Jordan Addison situation, he maybe the NCAA or somebody needs to come up with a contract like, Hey, you'll get paid this much, but you have to play with us for at least this certain amount of time before you are allowed to transfer before you are allowed to go to the NFL. Uh, obviously you can commit after your after your sophomore year to the NFL draft, but there, there does need to be a little bit more structure. I think players should be able to choose where they want to go if they don't like their situation, they should be able to go somewhere else. But there does need to be some kind of structure. Um, so those are my thoughts. Uh, it does think that Jordan Addison's leaving Pitt. He's a he was going to be one of the best ACC wide receivers in the in the conference for sure, without a doubt. So that does stink. Going towards shifting things towards the ACC, in my opinion, on it. The ACC, and I think, Micah, you and I want to do a podcast about this once summer is officially here and baseball is over with and we we can come up with something. And I know you and I have talked about um, doing a podcast on what needs to be fixed in the ACC. How can we make this conference stronger? How can we make it better? How can we compete with the SEC, with the Big Ten? Because we need more than just basketball. We are the basketball conference, but let's be honest. Football, football is the money grabber, right? And while we do have football powerhouses, we have Clemson, we have Florida State, we have Miami. The problem is, is the ACC doesn't have any structure as well, okay? There are more big former Big East teams than there are original ACC teams. Right. We only have the Carolina schools, Clemson and Virginia. Those are the last of the original ACC. I think we need to realign the conference. I think we need to cut some people out, some schools out. And these programs that we took in, who I am a fan of, I think their football needs to step up and bring in that money. Like, hello, we brought in Georgia Tech. We brought in Miami. We brought in Louisville. Now, while Louisville has been great when we first brought them in with the Lamar Jackson era, they have slipped off a little bit. Then there are some teams that need the ACC more than the ACC needs them. And that's specifically a lot of the Northern schools. Boston College needs us. Syracuse needs us. And I'm telling you, real quick with Syracuse, once Jim Beheim finally kicks the bucket, with being the coach of Syracuse. What is it about Syracuse that's attractive anymore in the ACC? What is it? Jim Beheim has won one national title, and that was, what, 20 years ago? Something like that. He had his worst season, and he's going to be gone soon. I mean, the football has not been great. I think we got to cut some schools out, and I think we need to start talking to other schools, like, hello, 
can we find a way to bring back Maryland? Can we find a way to get West Virginia? What is West Virginia doing in the Big 12? They're nowhere near the Big 12. And then this, I think West Virginia would be a perfect fit in the ACC. Uh, Louisville has been a great addition. They have been one of my favorite teams that we have brought in. It's located where all the other real ACC schools are. There are some rivalries with Virginia, Virginia Tech. Imagine if we brought in West Virginia. That would be great. Um, People might hate on me on this, but I would cut Pitt as well. That's just my opinion. I would cut Pitt, and then they could play Penn State every year, and they can go join the Big Ten. Um, And this whole thing with Notre Dame just doesn't make sense. Like, we have them in every other sport but football, which is the moneymaker. Now, I've never been a big fan of Notre Dame, but if they're not going to be in, throw them out too. Notre Dame is in the middle of the Big Ten country. They're in a state with two other Big Ten schools. Why is Notre Dame here? It has never made sense, and it doesn't make sense with the other sports. So what needs to happen is I think – what's our commissioner's name? Jim Phillips needs to sit down and have a – Serious look in the mirror because this guy, the, he's losing it. He, he honestly is losing it. We need better. We, we need the ACC schools that we brought in years ago, Miami, Georgia Tech. They need to be better at football. They just simply do. They were once great. They have done nothing since uh, joining the ACC. Georgia Tech has won some champion uh, conference championships, but in the last, what, eight years, they've been nothing. So, we need to add some schools. We need to cut some schools that are not bringing in money and schools that can bring in money. Like bringing back Maryland, that's huge. Bringing in West Virginia, that's huge. So, like I've seen theories, you're right, Micah. I've seen theories out there where the SEC could come in and take Florida State, NC State, Clemson. And then the Big Ten can take all these other schools. I don't know what's going to happen. But you're right. It's slowly but surely happening. Sorry I ranted there. I kind of wanted to save that for when we do problems with the ACC. And I do have a lot of other issues with the ACC. But that is a good portion of one of the problems that I think does need to be fixed. See, I almost disagree to a point. We do need to, to figure it out. What does West Virginia actually bring to the table? Like, seriously, what, what does it bring to the table? Nothing. What does it bring? It doesn't bring academics. The football team is is what? The, the Big East days? Based on that argument, do we bring Temple? Do we bring, you know, I mean, we brought Pitt over. They had, they've had a better they had a better success in the Big East than, Pitt, than West Virginia did in all time. What does West Virginia bring? A subpar basketball team? I like, think. What it, what it brings. Uh, am I allowed to respond? Yeah. Okay. So I think that their culture perfectly fits with the ACC. First of all, the pageantry, the football, the basketball, sure. They've been down, but I think, I honestly think they'd be a really great fit. We would own an entire state. We would, we'd bring in a brand new state. We bring in some rivalries. I think they could bring in some money. 
I think they have something to bring to the table. Now, I know it's not the the old Big East days with West Virginia, but I think they're just like a really great fit. I think they could I think they are a giant that's ready to be woken up because let's be honest, it's not really working that well in the Big 12 for West Virginia. I think they had one good year in 2018 where they were about to compete for the Big 12 championship. But they, uh, when you think about it, they have to convince kids from the Northeast, like they're centrally located. They're right with the ACC, right with the Big Ten. But you have to convince kids to play and come out from Texas and Oklahoma because that's who they're competing with. If you tell them, hey, stay here and you're going to be playing North Carolina, Clemson, Florida State, Wake Forest, NC State, all right there. So I think they bring, I think it's a great win for West Virginia. I think it's a great win for the ACC. They got a, I mean, the pageantry itself is honestly a boost that the ACC is going to need. It really is. I mean, I would argue that West Virginia is a better fit and would bring in more money to the ACC than Boston College, Syracuse, and maybe even Pitt. Just those three schools off the top of my head. So I would definitely bring one, that uh, West Virginia in just based on that. That's fair. I mean, again, I, I, I just don't think they bring anything to the table in terms of any added benefit. It's kind of like the argument with the AAC or the Big 12. Like, I think the Big 12 upgraded by adding Houston, UCF, and them. But, like, for the AAC side of things, you look at it on the flip side. Like, what good does the AAC do by replacing Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston with UTSA, Rice, and um, drawing a blank on another team they grabbed from the CUSA? But, like, what good does that actually bring them? So, again, at the end of the day, everyone has their opinions. I don't think the AC initially needs to worry about expanding. They need to worry about focusing on themselves. So... You know, that's something of note for sure. See, like adding West Virginia again, that again, nothing wrong with that. I just don't, I don't see the point of the ACC necessarily adding. I think there's more things that we need to worry about on the ACC front, you know, in terms of just trying to restructure our contract, um, trying to figure out ways to, I mean, stay competitive. I mean, again, at the end of the day, if the ACC is able to maybe become a third super conference and start absorbing UCF, Cincinnati, you know, basically teams that are joining the Big 12 or in the Big 12 now, maybe catch a castaway. I mean, if I'm Maryland, I'm never coming back to the ACC. They already signed up to take the L's uh, to get the check, and now their check's only going to get bigger. So why come back to the ACC? I mean, I, I don't think that they're going to want to come back, and I don't necessarily blame them. Um, it's kind of what I think the biggest issue is right now in college athletics is the NIL setup. And before people go, Oh, this is someone about to yell at the cloud, but NIL. No, I absolutely think that individuals should be able to make off their name, image, and likeness. But there is a big ass difference between, you know, getting your name, image, and likeness and getting paid to play. And again, if that's where we're going, that's fine. At the end of the day, I personally do not care that much about that. 
My issue is, and there has to be some sort of regulation. People go, well, it's a free market. Yeah, but even in a free market, there are rules. Look at the salary caps in professional sports. Look at the way, you know, things are set up in government. If you are, you know, a elected official, especially, you know, in terms of, you know, if you're the president of the United States, you can't own businesses at the time of that, you know, that tenure. You can't be out here, you know, because again, you'll make decisions that are beneficial for you. And it's one of those things where it's kind of set up in the sense of there needs to be some sort of regulations. And an idea that I heard to a point, and so I've heard bits and pieces of of different points that I think would be a perfect combination, is I think that college athletics should go to the realm of a set pool of a maximum a NIL collective could provide per sport. Again, I don't care if that number is $75 million, $100 million. I don't care. I don't care how they do it. I personally do not care. But I do think that if there should be a rule in place to where you either do one of two things, you have to have played a season. So basically, once you have, like, after week two of the college football season, you can now start making NIL. You either do it that way or there needs to be repercussions for, say, Jordan Addison leaving Pitt to go to USC. And people go, well, coaches can leave whenever they want. But, Nick, what happened when when Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma to go to USC? A buyout has to happen. You pay for that contract to be paid for to get him to come to your university. There needs to be some sort of set up to where, you know, if it's an NIL collective, get some of the money back. Or, for example, I mean, I understand it's not the same thing, but the University of Pitt has invested, I would say, thousands of dollars in Jordan Addison between scholarship, between books, between apparel, between doctors, between strength coaches, between all of that stuff. You take a best player, there needs to be some sort of repercussion. And there can't be like, obviously, you can't do trades. That would be the stupidest thing in the world. Like, Pittman now gets a five-star recruit that goes to USC because that's not how this A should work, but B would make sense to work. But there's got to be some way to set it up to where, you know, there needs to be, for the transfer portal, there needs to be times you can enter. If you enter in the middle of the season, you can't transfer and start immediately the next fall. Like there needs to be time. Like these coaches need to be able to wait. And people go, well, the coaches make millions of dollars. You're right. To a way I don't feel bad for them, but you have to understand the fan side of things. Think about it, Nick. Imagine if you are, let's see, you are a diehard Tampa Bay Rays fan, right? They they are fantastic. And you know, Wander Franco is in spring training with you, right? And he's been playing with you all, all summer, and, and you're, you're loving every minute of it. And you're a race fan. You're enjoying this. You know, you're excited for this season. You bought season tickets. You're ready for a good playoff run. The whole nine yards. Well, what if a week or two before, you know, spring training wraps up? Or right before spring training even starts? He then says, oh, well, um, you know, this team is going to pay me more. So I'm actually going to go to the New York Yankees now. See ya. Imagine as a fan, how pissed you would be and how that ruins the sport as a fan. I mean, 
there has to be some way to kind of control this to where, again, I don't think that that these athletes should have their rights completely owned by the university because that's not fair. There has to be some way of kind of preventing, you know, again, a guy like Jordan Addison who just breaks the spring and now is transferring. And now Pitt's got to try to pick up what exactly? They're not going to find a replacement for him. That's for damn sure. You know, it is one of those things where I just think it's, there has to be some balance because now if you're a Pitt fan, you're on the fence about buying season tickets. I don't blame you if you're now kind of holding off on doing so. Like, that's just kind of how this is going to work. And it, it has to play a role. There has to be some, you know, fan input into this in terms of just how it affects the fans. Because at the end of the day, why should you care about spring ball? Why should you care about the fall season if your best player is having a breakout season? But, like, Again, let's let's say, for example, Pitt loses to Western Michigan in week three and Jordan Addison just says, F it, I'm just done. Now what? Why are you supposed to be excited as a Pitt fan? What's the point of watching the games if your team's out of it and your best player just says, I'm done? I'm transferring, I'm quitting, I'm whatever. You know, you're encouraging. And again, I will never, I, I will not blame Jordan Addison one bit if USC is going to give him $20 million to go play ball there. Why the hell would you not? Like if someone offered me $20 million to do something, I'd probably do it. <laughs> like, you know, I don't blame them one bit for it, but there has to be some sort of regulations in place because again, I don't mind a free agency type thing to a point. And I personally, like, I, I hear the argument of, well, you know, people are complaining like, you know, the five-star kid that's getting a check from Texas, he wasn't going to go to Louisiana Monroe or Texas state or probably even Texas Tech, to be honest. And I understand that. But at the same point, if if Texas can then also, you know, because the donor pool is whatever it wants to be, wants to buy the best player from Texas Tech after the season's over, and the best player from Alabama, and the best player, or maybe not from Alabama, but from UAB, and then from UCF, and then from Washington State, at, at what point does that team become so stacked and it just ruins what you have. Like, I'm very thankful. And I think you can kind of preach the same way as an NC state fan that we really haven't seen our favorite players and our best players get poached like that yet, but it's coming. I mean, and again, I don't blame the athletes one bit. If Brandon Armstrong, if, if Alabama came, obviously they have Bryce young, but if Alabama came knocking said, Hey, Brandon Armstrong, we've watched you play $10 million. Come be the quarterback at the university of Alabama. Why the hell would you not do that? <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those things where there just has to be some sort of regulation. And I don't think I have the answers per se, but they need to find a way to just eliminate that aspect of it. Because again, I don't have an issue with Jordan Addison entering the transfer portal, but the fact that it's because USC might be dropping a bag of 20 to $30 million if they supposedly dropped a similar bag, you know, on Caleb Williams and dropped a bag here and dropped a bag there and a bag here, bag there. You know, it's it's not necessarily fair, you know, and we can't let the gap only get bigger because, you know, again, these schools like Ohio State stuff are going to make more money. So that's that's my processing range on this. Yeah, I mean, I'll just add two more things. Like you said, uh, coaches and professional athletes, guess what they have? 
They have contracts. It might be a free market, but there is structure. There is structure. You know, uh, Mike Trout just can't pick up and leave the Los Angeles Angels and go play for the New York Yankees right now if the Angels are 10 games under 500 in the middle of the season. He can't just do that, okay? NIL, NIL is great, but there does need to be structure into it. And, like, it's a free, it is more than a free market. Like, when these guys go to the NFL or the NBA or the MLB, they're going to realize, like, hey, these are professional organizations. They basically own you while paying you millions of dollars. So either put up or shut up. Like, that's the type of structure we kind of need right now in college. Um, but I think another one more point that I'll add to the positives of NIL, where it could save a sport. And I think it can save college basketball a little bit. Who a few weeks ago decided to stay at their university to play another year? Armando Baycott. He was on the fence of going to the NBA and probably playing the G League or playing again in UNC. Now, if the NIL didn't exist, I bet you that he would just go to the NBA after the run that they just had in the tournament and how he was named uh, uh, all-team tournament or whatever it is. Um, But UNC's like, hey, you know, you're great, and we think you could be a lot better if you play another year instead of going to the G League, and we will pay you a lot more than whatever the G League is going to pay you. It's the same thing with the MLB. You know, I, I think in, in a baseball example, you could take Tommy Tanks. Now, I don't know if this is true. I, I'm just coming up with this in my head. But Tommy Tanks... It was either the MLB or NC State. And I'm sure NC State was like, hey, you, you're very, very good. But everybody knows what the life of a minor league baseball player is like. 16-hour bus rides, being underpaid, spending or rooming with five other dudes in a one-bedroom apartment. Like, that sucks. But if you come to NC State, you can improve your craft, get an education, and you could potentially make a lot of money. Like, I don't know how much Tommy Tanks would be making, but hell, he just sound the siren at the Hurricanes game. You think the Hurricanes might have paid him to do that? I don't know. So it can help college sports to a degree where, hey, if these guys stick around, there are players that we fall in love with and players that we despise. Like, there hasn't been a Tyler Hansborough in a long time. There there hasn't been a Grayson Allen in a little bit. You know, these players stay who are on the fence of, should I go pro, should I go back to school? The NIL is going to help them make that decision of coming back to school, improving their craft, and making potentially more money than they would in a minor league system or in a G League. So... There is a positive that I think that can help athletes, help schools, and help the overall fan bases fall in love with their sports again and their teams. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I do agree there. Um, 
So that's all I've got. Um, anything else you want to add, Nick? Uh, no, not really. I think this was a, honestly a really productive uh, talk. I think um, with the rumors of the ACC and the NIL, I felt like we should have put out our opinions out there. And uh, I'm glad that we covered the NFL draft. So uh, I got nothing else, but I can't wait to talk about baseball next week. Cause man, we're in the last month of May and things are starting to heat up. We are seeing, um, you know, uh, bracket, I guess a college baseball bracketology and everything of potential spots of who's hosting regionals and everything. So I can't wait to talk about that next week. But other than that, uh, I'm good. I think this was a good one. Absolutely. Well, as always, it means just a little bit less here in ACC country and, uh, go ACC.